Cracky Gems Podcast is a lifestyle podcast where I talk about conversation, current events, and curiosities. Join me, Gems Wallet, Thursdays here at Cracky Gems Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. See you there. For podcast advertising, audiobooks, and more, why not check out my shop? Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash made by gem. Hello and welcome to Quirky Gems podcast. I am Gem Swallow. Welcome. Recording here from Southampton, UK. Thought I'd put that in there. <laughs> if you're new here, welcome. If you're an avid listener, hello. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for pressing play. It's great to have you here. In this episode, I've named it the safety one. It's one that I never thought I would press record on, to be honest. But it's something that a few weeks ago, it has been creeping to the forefront. And I wanted to talk about this because something usually comes to the forefront of my mind if there's a negative aspect to it. So for me, the reason why I wanted to kind of talk about it is because I wanted to give it a different a different view. And strangely enough, this thing that I talked about, one week to a week and a half, it was talked about in the media constantly, and then you hear nothing. Let's, let's add some context to this. Okay, so around about a week and a half ago, bordering on two weeks ago, there was a murder here in the UK. And the murder was of a woman, and the perpetrator was a man. His job, his role in society was that of authority. It began as a missing person and then after 24 hours it got a lot more like okay what's happening here you know and it was on every news network, it was on pretty much everyone knew. You knew the face of the victim but you didn't know the name. And then you found out when, you know, when you discovered that the person in authority was A, male, and B, that this person was working in society as an authority figure, it blew up. And I think somewhere along the way, what I find fascinating is that there was a woman that lost her life. There was a woman that, you know, she's someone's partner, she's, so, she's someone to someone, right? But for me, the context of the, the crime, the context of what actually took place, it blew up because it was fear-mongered. And that's why I wanted to talk about this. So up until about two weeks ago, no one talked about safety, especially if you're a female. It happens to men too, but no one talked about female safety. No one talked about, you know, what to expect, what time of the day. For example, another form of context, if we expand on that a little bit, if you do night work, maybe you are, I don't know, a delivery driver or something, and you're out and about at night, you know, you're, because it's dark, your senses are going to be heightened anyway. It, when you have a blanket of darkness, Naturally, your sense is going to be heightened because you're thinking, okay, I don't have the broadness of daylight on my side here. Another thing is, with that said, a female should be able to walk out 
and not have to worry about whether she's going to end up as a missing person, whether she's going to be targeted by men or an individual male. So I wanted to talk about this. I also wanted to address the media. Now, everyone knows, usually, that if a, if a story is about blood or if it's got some sort of drama to it, the media's job is to get to the story because they need your eyes on their channel. So the media's job is to make you tune in to them. That's how they get their money. So they need you to tune in, listen, view, whatever kind of media it is. That's how they hook you. So they have reporters outside the crime scene or they have networking inside of departments. That's the way it is. And for them, when they get a story, they usually make it comes down to if you've ever seen like a true crime documentary, it comes down to the who, what, when, why, how and where. Those are the things they've got to find, they tick it off, and then that's where the story is. And for the most part, once they get it, they keep talking about it because they need your eyes on them. That is how they operate. With that said, though, Twitter in particular, that is a sounding sounding board. If you have a platform... You know yourself that what you put out there, people are, I've talked about it on this podcast previously, if you are digesting news, what you're talking about, people usually hold you accountable for what you say. So a lot of the time you have to be very careful and have to be very vigilant. However, on the news, especially on Twitter, it can blow up because everybody is diving into a topic, spreading, you know, their thoughts, their feelings, and sometimes it can be like a really massive, toxic place. So for me, as a woman, when I found out about this woman on TV that she had gone missing, I thought, I hope she returns home. If you've ever watched like a documentary, a crime, a true crime documentary, you think usually within the 21st, 24 hours, give it 48. If not, you know something's happened, but you don't know because you only know what the media is telling you. But for the most part, especially on social media, it was a lot of fear mongering. And it seemed to be what I really don't like. It seemed to be women against men. And they pointed every man into the, you know, this thing of you're dangerous. It became a a cyber witch hunt. If you were born man, then sorry, mate, but you are deadly. You are dangerous. Is that the case? No. I mean, I think the word is context here. Please, let's show some context. So with that, there was a hashtag, not all men. And I'm of the belief that it's much like women. You do get violent women. Not all women are the same. Not all men are the same. So what I find fascinating is In this day and age, you should be able to go wherever you want, wear whatever you want, do whatever you want, be it daytime or nighttime. You should be able to do this without fear that you're going to be attacked, killed or assaulted in some sort of way. But unfortunately, due to the planet and the world we find ourselves in, these things happen. So I wanted to talk about (laughs) self-defense. sorry self-defense blame migraine I've had one for a few days okay so I want to talk about self-defense and you know just put in some context like I said it has laid low recently but I think that most women and most men should know about self-defense I think it should be taught in schools I was taught via an after-school club 
my brother and I actually did Taekwondo when I was a teenager. So most of it, you know, it's not about picking fights. It's not about starting something out of nothing. It's about knowing that if you're ever in a situation where you feel threatened, you know how to protect yourself if you can. But it does come down to how your body reacts. Some people it's fight, some people it's flight, some people freeze. But if you have the ba if you have that kind of self-defense or you know what to do, usually you'll be okay. So my experience, I had one, I think, a couple of weeks ago, actually. This was before the um, this story came out. So the strange thing was my mum was at home and I was out and when I was out I my my phone wasn't connecting to my bluetooth my, you know idiot here decided I'll just go out without connecting my phone to my smartwatch because my smartwatch usually tells me if I've got a phone call coming it usually vibrates it makes you know flashing lights and stuff it's all very theatrical so I went out and I was coming home and as I was, there was a group of three guys. They looked around about my age, but the way they were hovering around a curb, I felt unsafe. And I thought, okay. I was around about, say, oh, a good 10 metres away from them. I was on my phone with my mum, and I said to my mum, Mum, I'm going to have to call you back. I feel unsafe at the moment. There are three guys near a curb. I, my instinct is saying, I'm going to put my phone away. And then once I get past, I will, once I get out of view of these guys, then what I'll do is I'll give you a call. When I feel like I've getting, you know, got enough of a space, enough distance between me and them. And I thought, okay. I checked them out. And I thought, the thing on my side is it's broad daylight. And there are houses nearby. And not only that, I have a habit of if someone irritates me or if I feel threatened, I kind of get a bit I, I get loud because that has been what I've been taught and that's my natural default I I get aggressive and I do have a temper but that's just me so as I approached these guys I found that they were I think they were just waiting for a car to pick them up but my instinct was whoa hold on a second right if you're talking on your phone that means that you're otherwise you're concentrating on what's happening during your phone call. So take away the distraction and then you can focus. It shouldn't be like that, but it's your natural, you know, it's your body's fight or flight, that, that is what happens. Take the, take the thing that's causing like the worry, you know, the, the thing of distraction, remove that, you'll be okay. Once they're gone, I went home and I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm okay, I'm fine. It's just my, you know, my anxiety, my fight or flight kicked in. And I thought, I'm okay. That's cool. And there was another time, but I actually can't remember what it was. But most of the time, when I go out, I know that there is a thing of, okay, you're, you're on your higher alert. This has also been the way when there have been men come into the house to fix things. And, oh, I remember what the other time was now. So I was out in my local high street. And as I was coming home, I was walking past this car park. It's, it's like an open space. There are no walls or anything. It was daytime. And the way that this guy looked at me, I was looking up at the sky. 
And I was looking because I thought being a migraine sufferer, the sky, if it's grey, I'm likely going to have to maybe drink a bit more or maybe have like preventatives in mind because I'm going to end up getting a migraine. And let me tell you, it's not fun. So she says, sitting here on her bed with a migraine shiver across her head. So as I was looking up at the sky, this guy was on his phone and he was around about my age, but he was bigger built. And he was looking at me, and it's so weird because I think intimidation can come in the way someone looks at you, especially if you're a woman. They look you up and down with the... It kind of becomes like a psychological game. If they look you up and down and they get you to drop your eyes to think, okay, I don't like this, and they've won. Because it's like, look at me. I made you do that. I made you feel this way. Not all men, but some men. They check you out... I mean, they literally, you know, they they surf your entire anatomy. I mean, they're, they're not the most evolved of creatures. They surf your entire anatomy with, your, with their eyes in the thing of, I'm going to make you feel like this. All I have to do is look you up and down a good, or maybe concentrate on your boobs or your hips or whatever. And then I can make you drop your eyes. And that means I've won. It makes me feel like a right legend. So I'm not really built that way. And for me, I'm of the mind that if I don't show you my eyes, mate, you can't do it. So as I looked up at the sky, I knew because he had a vibe. I just looked straight ahead. And I thought, if I don't give you my time of day, how can you affect me? So I looked straight ahead and he didn't win. And I just thought, intimidation can come in all sorts of ways but you have more control over it than you want you know than you have it's like when you walk past building sites and you have men that check you out i mean i just think wow i mean the evolution line really missed you didn't it i mean god i feel bad for you but that's just what you know when you can't walk past or you think if they really did say so you just say oh f off you know and it kind of gets you as you walk past if if you look like you've got pms that look, if you look, I mean, this is, this is my way of viewing it. As I was saying to my mum recently, if you look like that big sister look, you know, like, do not mess. Or that mum look, we've all seen that, right? If you look like, don't mess with me, mate, you're not going to win. Have you ever had PMS? No. Would you like to feel what this feels like? No. Keep walking. Sometimes you can say it with a look. It's like a mirror image. If they can do it to you, you can do it to them. I think I uh, did it. A couple of weeks ago where I was trying to get across the road a busy road and these two guys were just looking and I thought I just gave them and I didn't even know I could give evil looks apparently I, I have to ask my brother <laughs> I, I think I can but you know you give an evil look and it's like just don't start just don't but I think the thing is it's painted women as we're delicate and we are just, we don't have any, you know, we don't have any fight in us. We don't have any way of defending ourselves. Let me tell you, they are very much wrong. So, when I was about 15, my brother and my brother's friend was into Taekwondo, the ancient art of self-defense. And it actually happened at my old secondary school. Or if you're somewhere else that's other than the UK, it's high school. And I remember going along 
And at first I would sit on the sidelines and watch my brother do, you know, the workouts, learn the language and get to grips with the art, you know, because it's all about respecting. It's about respecting your opponent because you're supposed to not do harm. So it le- it's kind of like any other form of martial art. It's about you learn, you kind of know that if you have the ability to injure someone, then you know there's a limit. There's a limit of just because you have the skill doesn't mean you have to use it. So, it's, it's, you know, it comes down to respecting. It's just, if someone comes into your personal space and you feel it's unwarranted, that's when your usually your instinct kicks in and you think, okay, and in your head, you think of people's pressure points and you think of, especially if you have fibromyalgia. I mean, if you have fibromyalgia, much like myself, it's ingrained in you. If you have fatigue, literally the parts of you that ache or arthritis, the parts of you that ache, they're pressure points. So you know that you have been trained to injure someone, not to have a fight and be in the fight. It's basically to do a move or do a a kick, a punch, or just, it's doing a move safely, getting your balance right so you don't injure yourself and doing it and putting enough distance between you and the perpetrator to run away. Once you run away and got into a safe place, you're fine. So that is what I got taught when I was around about 15. So that's something that I believe should be taught in schools now. And I think that, I think both men and women should be taught self-defense. I think some idiots are gonna wanna take it to another level, but you just notice that, I know there was about a year ago, we had a man come to the house to fix something. I can't remember for life me what it was. I think it was actually a toilet system. It was like that, I mean, (laughs) that kind of thing. But he came to the house and I was sat down, he was standing up. He was an older gentleman, but don't let that fool you. And um, if you're a woman in particular, and they look at you a certain way, you can feel it, you can sense it, and you know it's your house, and you're kind of thinking, I don't know, if you kind of be sarcastic or kind of shut down conversation, they don't know where to take it. And um, this guy, I remember where he was standing, and he said something, and I where he was standing, and I remember thinking, if you come towards me because of the, the power, so I was in a sat down position, he was in a standing up position. And I thought because of the power, I felt okay, I don't feel safe here, it was flagging up. And I thought, right. I was watching where he was at and I thought, okay, if he does something, I can react. I thought, I'm already in that mindset, I can react. Uh, It didn't happen that way, but I think it could. So sometimes, especially if you have a guy come into the house and you don't know them because they're in your space, and you often wonder if something did take place, what you would do. My answer is very simple. Whatever you have around you can be used as a weapon if you put enough force behind it. I don't promote violence, but I am a big believer in self-defense. No one has the right to make you feel small, and no one has the right to make you feel like you aren't worthy of protecting yourself. It's your body, you get to say what happens to it. And so for me, I have a mental plan in my head. And so I actually asked, my Instagram and Twitter recently, 
Say you're going out. I know over here in the UK, lockdown hasn't ended yet, but say you're going out, you're planning on going to a friend's house. Right now, the, the lockdown rules state that you can join up with someone in another house. And so if you're going out, be it daytime or night, who do you tell? Do you tell anyone that you're going out? Be it whether you're a guy, I don't know if guys have different views on this. I don't know because they've been taught differently. For women, as I mentioned in the magazine issue a little while ago, I think it was called I Was That 90s Child. In there, that was my, really, that was my format right there of knowing that guys in particular, especially ones you don't know well, can be dangerous. So with that context and with the context of what was happening in the news i wanted to know what do you do before you go out who do you tell how do you mentally plan so here is a shout out that i got from brie and it's from at brianna 63841571 sound like i'm doing like an operator phone call here but yeah so brie says I call my friend, share my location, wear heavy shoes so I can break someone's foot if I need to, carry my keys in a defensive position, cross the street when I see a man, dress like a man when I know I'm going to be alone, and recite self-defence techniques, etc. Thank you, Brie, for getting involved in that. So, for me, if I had to go out, I remember when I first did radio, and I actually was in a place where I actually had a nighttime show, and I was co-producing a nighttime show and it was a little bit of a trek away from my house if I'm being honest it was a near enough a good mile and so you'd have to cross a main road you have to go through dimly lit streets and through a residential area and the strange thing is is that I was always had my back up and I always felt a little bit unsafe because you didn't know who was around Nothing ever happened in the six months to a year that I presented. Nothing ever took place. There had been some close calls when I was around other people that were absolutely idiots. But on my own, I just made sure that, you know, if you keep your head down and most of the residential places, they were kind of bedding down for the night and they weren't really bothered. But it's amazing because I reiterate, you should be able to go out without the fear you're going to get attacked. That shouldn't come up. So for me, now, as a woman, I don't go out during the night time. There is no need for me to go out during the night time. And if I do go out, I know that I'm okay because it's usually broad daylight. And for the most part, I just, I think what with where I live, I don't know, it just, I don't, I've never felt, I think if I ever felt real danger, then maybe I'd invest in an alarm or I'd find a different route. But something that I've been thinking about is that, okay, so if I take myself back to when I was doing nighttime radio shows, and even though they were only for an hour, if I take myself back to that, so I had just come out of my well-lit home, and I was around about a teenager, so late teenagers, going to the radio station, if I felt like I was being followed, or I felt as though I was under threat from a person or people, what would I do? So, if this was now, or social media was about, I would actually do one thing that I don't think anyone thinks about. I would start an Instagram Live. 
if I had enough space, I would start an Instagram live saying where I was, even if I had to whisper and it was dark. All you have to do is make sure that the camera is facing your face. And all you have to say is, because people know you, they follow you. And for the most part, especially in the world of social media where we live now, if you're going out, people know, usually take, much like myself, I take a picture of where I'm going, well, take a picture of how I'm dressed, so that there's, I don't, it's weird, I don't actually upload it until I come home, but it's usually you take a picture of how you're dressed or something like that, or usually people know where you're going. If you're going to like a local high street or a shop, not many people know because mostly people are at work or, you know, there's not many people around. However, if you're going out when people are around, especially in the evening, people are at home, people might be getting bored, people are usually, you know, attached to their phones. So something that I would do, get your phone, especially if you're on Instagram, I think Facebook does a thing where you can go on Facebook Live as well, and go on to Live, and all you have to do, even if you say it in a really low voice, I think I am being followed. All you have to say is, I'm on this road, I think I'm being followed by, duh, duh, duh. people can see you then, and if you just say, if you, I wouldn't suggest putting the phone up, because if the person behind you can see you're on the phone, they can see the screen light, then it could amp up quite quickly, but if you say you think you're being followed, and you're on the street, if you can't get to a place of safety, so for example, back in the day it used to be, if you go into a house, even if it's not your house, go into a house, a person doesn't know you don't live there. All you have to do is stand in the front garden and act like it's near your front door. That way there's an air of safety. But if you just say, I'm in this place, people then know. People can tell, even if you move the, move the camera down yourself, so based on head down to body, if people can see what you're wearing, the shoe you're on, if anything should happen, there are witnesses. And if anything should happen, if you have enough space, then press upload. Because if you come home again, you can then delete it if you feel safe. If something happens to you, that can then be classified as evidence. So it can happen wherever you are. If you're the perpetrator, though, if you're making something out of a molehill, like if you want to, you know, go out and you want to start something, it, then you're going to make yourself look like a tit. But if you feel unsafe and you know the people, usually, especially on Facebook or Instagram, people know you, so they know, you know, they know what you look like, they know what you do, and usually there's like an element of trust there. If you're telling them you feel unsafe and say, I'm on this road at the moment, even if you say, okay, I'm on this road at the moment, I'm around about, say, two miles away from my house. If I get home safe, I will delete this. But I'm on this road and no one needs to know where you live. Just say you're close by and just say I'm being followed. And not only that, people might be able to hear the sounds coming from around you or behind you. They can hear sounds of voices if you're being you know, hounded by maybe a group of guys or something. And if you press save, just say, if I get home and I'm okay, I will delete this. Otherwise, let this be evidence that I'm a little bit unsure. People usually will think, okay, and usually if people know you well, they might direct message you and say, did you get home safe? Are you okay? If you know someone, even if you have a video call, 
I don't actually have that on my phone. So I would say Instagram because most people are attached to their phones. They use it as a tool for their life. So if you have a video call, maybe you have a, an iPhone or something like that, make sure they can't see the likes. If they see you have a phone, then it can, you know, it can get a lot. You know, it can be quite a lot. So all you have to do is ring someone you know and say, just remain calm, but I think I'm being followed and just say exactly the same thing. And then all you have to do is just say, okay, um, I'm going to put the phone down now. Or, you know, however you feel safe. If you can get into a well-lit area and you can find a residential home that looks safe, go into there and it looks like you're going home, they usually keep walking. Even if you go to the house and you just stand there or you go out of sight, maybe there's like a side of the house or something, just make sure there's not a dog there because if they bark, it can get quite dramatic and the homeowner might be thinking a bit weird, you know. Back in the day, it used to be going to a house, if you feel unsafe, then ask to use their phone. But nowadays, what with everyone having a smart phone, if someone came knocking on your door and like, you know, in the... <laughs> the early evening hours and they said can I use your phone please or can I phone mostly people will feel a bit like well hold on a second why haven't you got a smartphone or usually they think no because then you're a danger to me and the people inside my house instead all you have to do is take a video call and just call someone you trust or do an Instagram live for me it would be an Instagram live or if you can just text where you are it's just getting a line out but if you use a video call people can see you they can see what you're wearing they can say the street you're on and if something were to happen god forbid if something were then you're safe when it comes to that one thing that i did know is that when i was one thing that i learned and i did taekwondo was being louder this was in the context of if you're being followed if you're a female and you're walking along the road and you're being followed by a man in a car, you are taught that be loud. So basically, if they're saying, oh, come on, sweetheart, let me give you a ride. Come on, just hop on in. It's cold. All I've got to do is drop you off. It'll be fine. Come on, we can have a laugh. If that happens and they're really not getting the point, when you usually it's you ignore it and you kind of think, usually... You might be thinking this mate is really annoying me. You know, he really is. I don't know what to do. Same thing. You can always go to a house. You can always go into a business. Go where people are. You don't have to walk a long stretch of road. You can even run if you need to. If you run, that puts you distance between yourself and the person that's trying to do you harm or the person that's making your red flags fly. So if you go into a business... There are CCTV, and the strange thing is, when I got taught Taekwondo, CCTV was nowhere near as advanced as it is now. Now we practically live in Big Brother, don't we? I mean, let's be honest, other TV shows are available, but everywhere you go, there is a CCTV camera. If you feel vulnerable, and someone's really, you know, doing it, I've never been one to shout. So for me, if a person was riding along in a car and saying, oh, come on, sweetheart, you know, what do you say? You get? Oh, I do a really bad man's accent, don't I? But, you know, if they were to say, come on, sweetheart, let's, you know, let me give you a lift home. Then usually I, I kind of get to the point where I say, oh, for crying out loud, really? I mean, really? And, the, you know, the louder that you are, then 
the more I'm worried my mum's going to come out and turn away in a second and say, what are you doing up there? <laughs> but usually you're kind of like, you know, you're making people aware that this is what's going on. And so it does come down to what you feel comfortable with and you always do have a choice. So I'm going to end on this episode by saying that, as we all know, if we put a little bit of context to this, not all men are dangerous and it does come down to education and I'm sorry, but I do believe it comes down to parenting and people will say, you know, that maybe a perpetrator might come from, there's usually that kind of the thing, don't they, where they say, oh, they come from a broken family or they've had it hard and it's like, no, not really. They have a choice. They can choose to leave people alone and get about their own lives, but they didn't. Usually they choose to go down the route of making themselves feel big by attacking people, sexually assaulting people and thinking, this is great. It's a chip to the ego for them. From my point of view though, I reiterate, it's not all men, much like it's not all women in other contexts. So with that i want to say thank you to brie for getting involved on my twitter thank you so much to everyone that when i put out there if you want a safety episode thank you so much to everyone that said yes you do i hope that this has put much more context onto it because as i said sometimes for the media this is a story that they can linger out and they're the first ones on scene and you know it's like extra extra this just in you know type thing but in context it's something that there is a story there and not all men when they go out think i'm gonna attack a person today i'm gonna try and rape a person today it's not there are a few but not all and remember you have way more strength than you think you do and i think society's view on women needs to change because for me the past two weeks being from being a woman, and maybe, I don't know, I've been taught this with self-defence, I don't know, but being a woman, we're literally the same as guys. The only thing is, you might not have your height, and, well, downstairs looks a bit different, but we're not that different. So I think sometimes people need to wind their necks in, but that's just me. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode, and, um, yeah, let's see... Uh, see how this goes if you have any self-defense techniques one thing i did learn if i can bring a little bit of humor to this podcast episode one thing i did learn when i used to listen to or watch miss congeniality now this one this one's a good one anyone can do this sing no i'm not gonna serenade you don't worry i mean no one i no one got any energy for that but sing so if you're ever in it, like, you know, if you've ever watched, I think, is it Miss Congeniality 1, Sing? Um, where I see it, stab, intestine, well, stab, intestine, nose and groin. That usually kind of does it. I think that's it. She says sidestep, you know, sidestep, intestine, nose, groin. I just use stamp, you know, because if you hit on someone's foot, it pretty much does the same thing. But yeah, okay, so <laughs> I'm going to leave you with that. If you haven't seen that, then check out Miss Congeniality, the movie. You'll get what I mean. It's it's there. So um, thank you so much for checking out this podcast episode. I hope that uh, I've helped. 
maybe you've done self-defense uh maybe you have a few things you'd like to add to the episode please do you can do so on the comment section of the podcast episode when i upload it so the comment section is basically on my instagram which is, which is coming up now in just a second go on to my instagram go on to the cover of this episode and then just press a comment if you have anything and uh, you never know you might be featured in the next episode you never know and um yeah, do make sure to check out my Etsy shop if you can. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll speak to you same time next week. And uh, yeah, I'm Gem Swallow and this is Quirky Gems Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Quirky Gems Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will speak to you again next week. If you want to follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, check out at Radio Gem. See you soon.